you know, a lot of times Caribbean people, you know, very business oriented because they don't have opportunities over there. People don't understand why they're business oriented. Yeah. They're business oriented because they don't have jobs over there. Yeah. Ain't got no good government jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to hustle. Yeah. And so dad came from that, that background, even though he came here to be a, uh, a medical doctor. He was in dental school, actually, and broke his back, unable to complete it and ended up in business. But he had that mentality. And, and mom, and he was from a big family. He had, he had like seven people in his family. Mom was from down the country in Virginia, two hours away near Tappahannock, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Big farm, hard work, and so those hard working roots, and that and that hustle mentality of doing it for yourself was always instilled on both sides, as was that family dynamics. And so we grew up, you know, in in a two parent household. We were really blessed. Dad was dad was doing well at the Chili Bowl. He afforded us, you know, any educational opportunities we had. So we had some start out in public school. We ended up in private schools, good education. So we we really had good good family roots, good family values, uh, good work ethic values, and so that's carried us through. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon. Today, I got a very special guest. Um, and this is a different episode where normally we're just highlighting the guests and we're highlighting people on the show, but we're highlighting the business. Um, those who are listening for the first time or those who are returning, um, you know, I'm a proud D.C. native, born and raised in D.C., uh, D.C. General Hospital, to be exact, D.C. Public Schools, K-12. through And um, when you think about D.C., you think about the museums, you think about the Capitol, the Monument, the White House, you think about the people that came from here. But... When you think about D.C., you think about Ben's Chili Bowl. Like, this is a world-famous spot. Um, everyone that comes to D.C., they talk about it. Or if I tell people I'm from D.C., you know, they may bring up the mobile sauce and the wings, but they also do bring up the uh, Ben's Chili Bowl. So part of this podcast, um, you know, when I say dreams by any means, um, it's something I live by. It's my IG handle, and it says hustle plus faith equals success. Um, I think Ben's is a, a true example of that. Um, you know, so as I was just talking to your mom about um, you all surviving in D.C. through all the different things from the cracker, from segregation, all these just type of different things. You're still here. You know, you're still here standing here on U Street that has came a long way. So today on the show, we have Mr. Kamal Ben Ali of Ben Chili Bowl. Hey, welcome, welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. everybody? <laughs> yeah, man, thank you uh, for coming uh, on the show. And, um, you know, we connected last month, and I reached out to him yesterday. You know, thanks for taking the invitation on short notice. I'm definitely happy to be here. So um, those who don't know about Benz, um, but before Benz, also about yourself. Just tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, those type of things. Yeah, born and raised here in Washington, D.C., born at Providence Hospital, actually. Okay. And, uh, you know, started off at uh, coming down to Benz when I was a little boy. We opened in 1958, so I was born in 62, so a little bit after there, we're coming in here, and, you know, U Street, back when U Street was the old U Street, yeah. Um, and, you know, cigarette machine and the jukebox were the first two jobs, counting the coins. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, when you uh, grew up here in D.C., you know, this being a family business, Ben's, um, as a kid, what, like, what was your, what, what did you look at Ben's as? Was it just like, oh, this is the thing that mom and dad are doing, or as a kid, did you know, like this is my family thing and we're a big deal and this is going to go a long way. I just looked at it as that's what mom and dad are doing. I think it took a while for it to become a, become that big thing. You know, so when I came down as a little kid, it was uh, during the black exploitation era, right? When um, it was after the riots, because I don't remember the riots. It was, I was born in 62. Yeah. So the early, my earlier memories of coming down to the Chili Bowl were, were it was all black. It was uh, a little bit of, a, of, of that hustle mentality. Like you said, that was when the numbers were here. That was when, you know, it was it was still a little, little little rough around the edges, but it was fun. And we had three movie theaters in the in the next three blocks, and the Lincoln Theater here, and the Republic, and the Booker T, where they were playing Shaft, Sheba Baby, Buck and the Preacher, and that's kind of the era we grew up in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like that real 
black and I'm proud era, exactly. everything going on. Exactly. So um, it's making me think about my grandmother always. Before she got into church and saved, she would tell me about she would stand in line at Howard Theater for James Brown concerts all the time. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So when they bring up, you know, the old DCs, it made me think about that. But, okay, cool. So, you know, as you said, it took some while to get into that. Um, what was your path, you know, and as you say, you also realize that, okay, this is something for the company, but did you ever have a plan of, hey, I'm going to go to school and do something else, or you knew that I'm going to go to school, business, and yeah. to get into the family So business? the three boys, I'm the middle son. Okay. And as we came into our teenage years, it was, it was clear that mom and dad weren't going to necessarily, you know, be doing this forever. And the Chili Bowl was in a, in a point of decline as, because of our area. So we were getting ready to build a metro. And so, you know, starting in, uh, I graduated high school in 1980, and that Metro construction started in 86, but they were preparing for the Metro to be built here. So yeah. they were closing down businesses. They were buying up property. So when we were in our heyday from 58 through 68, even after the riots, we were busy from 68, you know, into the, into the 70s. But in that late 70s and early 80s, it started to be a period of decline, and sales were going down as they were clearing out the area, preparing for the Metro. They anticipated the Metro was going to be started in construction earlier, five, six years earlier than it did. Didn't start till, till around 86. So at that time, um, to survive, what we did was we went up to the Reeves Center, which is one block up the street at 14th and U. Mayor Barry built that Reeves Center to be a catalyst for a change and growth in this area, to redevelop this corridor. And there were three anchors to the redevelopment. It was the, 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 uh, the Metro, the Howard, the, I mean, the um, Reeves Center, and the Lincoln Theater right next door to us. He was going to restore all those three things and help bring back the old U Street. So my f- first and only time I really worked with Dad was in building the store in the Reeves Center. It was called Ben's Bakery and Ice Cream. Oh, wow. And we did that so that we would have a, a stopgap. We would have something to bring some money into the family and to help during the slow years of the Chili Bowl. And then after the street reopened from the Metro, around 92 or so, it, went, it jumped back up. And by that time, Dad had retired. So Dad mm-hmm. was out of the business. And we did that. And mom was running the business for a few years. And then they passed the key on to me and said, son, it's your turn to take over. So I've been here, you know, for, almost, for 40 years. Yeah. I said, dad, <laughs> you only ran a place for like 20 years. I ran a place for 40 years. <laughs> okay. That's what's up. And, you know, um, it's, a, it's a great thing to see. Um, for myself, I'm really big on family. Um, I have a history and still to this day of working in community here in D.C., just all places. And, you know, unfortunately, um, a lot of time in the African-American community, um, that family structure is not there. So just talk about, you know, outside of the business, though, what does family mean to you? Yes, and the roots of the family. So dad's from Trinidad. So, you know, a lot of times Caribbean people, you know, very business-oriented because they don't have opportunities over there. People don't understand why they're business-oriented. Yeah. They're business-oriented because they don't have jobs over there. Yeah. Ain't got no good government jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to hustle. Yeah. And so dad came from that, that background, even though he came here to be a, a, a medical doctor. He was in dental school, actually, and broke his back unable to complete it and ended up in business. But he had that mentality. And, and mom, and he was from a big family. He had, he had like seven people in his family. Mom was from down the country in Virginia, two hours away near Tappahannock, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Big farm, hard work. And so those hardworking roots and that, and that hustle mentality of doing it for yourself was always instilled on both sides, as was that family dynamics. And so we grew up, you know, in, in a two-parent household. We were really blessed Dad was, dad was doing well at the Chili Bowl. He afforded us, you know, any educational opportunities we had. So we had some started out in public school. We ended up in private schools, good education. So we, we really had good, good family roots, good family values, uh, good work ethic values. And so that's carried us through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, being here, um, I know you all, was, was it August 22nd? 19, 1958. 1958. So 
long, long time. Um, you know, the things you all survived. We've seen the pandemic wipe out businesses, everything. Um, what what has kept Ben's going? Um, you know, because even for me just coming here, I'm talking to you now, talking to mom, I kind of got an idea. It's definitely beyond the food because I just feel the genuine welcoming energy. But, you know, when you think about a business plan or people think about, oh, I'm starting a business and I want to survive, you know, what has kept you all going to just get yeah. through everything? Yeah, well, and I don't think any of us necessarily thought it would be going on this long. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, so and to, that, to that point, the next generation, right? So passing it on to the next generation is huge. Um, that, that's one aspect. And we know that Lee's Florist, which I give a lot of respect to, yeah. down the street, and Industrial Bank, they're the two other businesses that are family-owned, operated, and have been here for the same duration. They, matter of fact, they're older than us. Mm-hmm. They've probably been here for 85 years and, and 78 years or something like that. But it's because you'll be able to pass it on to the next generation. Now, that's not easy, right? A lot of, a lot of people don't want to work with their parents or for their parents, et cetera, yeah. you know? And how does that work? So that's a, that's a toughie, but, but we've been able to do that. They're on their third generation and fourth generation. We're on our yeah. second generation. My kids are, are coming up, so we'll see if there's a third generation. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's one big aspect to it. The second thing is the real estate. So most times you open up a business, no matter what it is, you have a lease. And that lease is generally, you know, a 10-year lease, maybe with an option or maybe two five-year, a five-year to five-year option. But we were able to purchase our real estate at some point. So yeah. dad rented for like 20 years, but he was able to buy the building. Lee's mm. Florist, Industrial Bank owned their real estate. When you own your real estate, nobody can put you out. I was about to say, yeah, that's like key. That's key. <laughs> and so, and so, but not many businesses are necessarily in that position. Most businesses are, you know, there and they're just, they're just renting. So when that, when a lot of times you see businesses go under, you know, for that reason, that the, the, the landlord doubled the rent, something of that nature. Um, so, so those are two big things. Is, 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 and then the community. We're yeah. community-based. And so we've always served the community. We've always been very community-based. And having the support of the community is, is obviously key. Having those long-time long standing customers and passing that on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I'm glad you pointed out that thing with the real estate because I think a lot of times, um, well, just now, everyone I don't know post-pandemic, even before the pandemic, but post-pandemic, I would say my age, everyone's talking about business, everyone's talking about real estate, crypto, stocks, the whole nine yards. Um, in the midst of you all having ownership, I'm sure you've had a lot, a lot of people try to come buy this real estate, correct? Yo, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People <laughs> want to buy the real estate all the time. You know, not as many people have offered to buy the business, which is interesting. I, I'm curious. People think that people are always making us offers to buy the business. Yeah. It's more so the real estate, but a few, a few on the business side. But, you know, I really admire the young generation. And let me speak about that a little bit. It's just, you know, I, I love that the young generation is, 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 is getting savvy about their finances. I love yeah. that they're investing. I love that, you know, the whole conversation. Crypto may be a little risque, but it's just the conversation that, that, that gets them in, that gets them excited about learning about new technologies and how to invest. You know, I was listening to, uh, I think there's a podcast called Earn Your Leisure that has yeah. the young brothers, you know, really focused really on, on, on finances. You know, those guys like 19 Keys, these guys who are thought leaders and people yeah. just, you know, being very thoughtful about it. And, and it's great to see young people being so thoughtful. And I think there's so much value in another principle about yeah, when I said passing on to another generation, part of that principle is keeping it young. You've got to keep it young. And in this era, more than ever, you've got to keep it young because, you know, we don't know the social media. We yeah. don't know the young music, et cetera. Yeah. So how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it young? When you're in a business, there, there are provisions in certain businesses. Let's say if you're in the airport or you're in certain type of real estate, they say you have to reinvest in your business, mm-hmm. right? They make you, they write in the contract. If you have a 10 year lease, they say, okay, in year five, you have to put in a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000 more into the business. You say, well, it doesn't need it. It looks good. It still looks good. Nope. You have to, it's just, it's just a principle of reinvesting into your business. Yeah. And the same thing is in keeping your business young, keeping it fresh, right? Reinventing it. You can't, you know, so when you have, 
a business that survived more than 10 years, oftentimes it's like a 10-year run. You're open. People like the concept. It's hot. It goes for that, that 8, 9, 10 years, and then it kind of cools off. Not necessarily because anything has changed or it's gotten bad, but guess what? 10 more places have opened up. Right. And they're brand new. And they're real fresh. Yeah. And, and, hey, let's go try the new place. Yeah. And in order for you to compete with that, you've got to reinvent yourself. And so a lot of times you'll see that in the hospitality sector. Mm-hmm. People renovate. Why do they renovate? Oh, gosh, they got new tables, they got new yeah. chairs, they got new so-and-so, new menu items. So you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it young. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, I'm glad to hear you say that, too, because I know some businesses in D.C., they ain't doing no renovating, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but they still keep the customers. But I've been to certain businesses that I you know, grew up on, and it's just like after a while, I was like, Man, I ain't gonna keep coming here. Like, y'all ain't changed the sign since <laughs> I was like ten years old, man. Like, you still got the old, <laughs> old letters. You know, it's, it's looking dirty up there, but they right. still keep the customers. But I'm glad y'all say that. So that was gonna be my next question. Is that kind of how Ben's Next Door came about? It was kind of like just to continue with growth and trying to attract like the younger crowd because Ben's has like a more next door, more hip right. vibe, lounge vibe. Well, well, the way the way Ben's Next Door came about was for the real estate. Okay, going back to that real estate piece, yeah. right? So we're, we're busy. We're filled up over here with Obama coming and all the tourists and top of the regular guests. And that building, we noticed, became available. Mm-hmm. And that's the only building next to us. We have an alley on one side, and we have an alley on the other side of that building. The only building we could possibly expand to is this, this space. So I said, we got to go for that real estate, for Ben's Chili Bowl. Yeah. It was never an intention to do a Ben's Next Door. Okay. We're looking at, I'm buying that building to expand Ben's Chili Bowl. And there was a lot of problems with the building. It was in and bankruptcy and foreclosure and all this kind of stuff. Other people had contracts on it. It was a two-year battle to, to obtain that property, and, and some people helped us along the way to make concessions to help us get that property. But at the end of the day, when I thought about it, I said, you know what? If I, if I put a big hole in the wall and make the chili bowl twice as large, if the facade looks different after 50 years, because Ben's Next Door is almost 15 years old, mm-hmm. we're almost 65 years old, so that's about right around our 50th anniversary, our 49th or something like that, right? I said, if, ben, if I make Ben's Chili Bowl look different and feel different, I might be the idiot son who messed up Ben's Chili Bowl. <laughs> so I said, I can't do that. Yeah. And so we said, you know what? Let's just do you know, what's hot on the street. People are out here hanging out. They're out here drinking and having right. a good time and eating. And so we came up with, you know, and a friend of mine is the one who said, you know, when we were talking about what, what should we name it, we were talking about a bunch of different names. Dad used to drive a taxi cab back in the day. Okay. So we were talking about Capital, capital, you know, yeah. Capital Step 19 or whatever his cab number <laughs> was. We were talking about different He's And one of my friends said, well, how about, how about next door? Yeah. Ben's next door. Simple, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's what stuck. And it's been a great, it's been great, it's been fun, it's been a journey to learn the full service restaurant side. But it's been a perfect compliment because, like you said, that's hipper, it's younger, yeah. it's a different crowd. It's, you know, so, and, and in many ways, I, I tease about it because that's almost become the new chili bowl yeah. in some ways because on this side, it's become so touristy that, you know, there's, where this used to be all African American, mm-hmm. it's very, very mixed now. Sometimes you're looking to find some African American. Yeah, right, right. And it bends next door, it's, for whatever reason, it's almost all African American. Yeah. And younger. Yeah. So it's almost like the, the new Ben's Chili Bowl in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of fun over there. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, for sure. I definitely, I remember the first time I went in the next door, it's because I was trying to come here. I was like, oh, what's this? And then I went in, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, like my type of vibe, <laughs> like, you know, right. <laughs> and had a good time. And um, going back to that community piece, you know, would you say that's always been a part of the business plan or was it a time where it grew tremendous? Like I see that you all honor a lot of people. Um, we've had Quick, uh, Quicksilver's been on the podcast before. I know he recently got honored. So where does that come from where you all are really like, we got to make sure we include D.C.? Because as we know, D.C. changes and everyone's moving here. Sometimes the natives and the people that have been in D.C. for 20, 30 years, they're forgotten. 
you know, if they're not, you know, new and hip and all those type of things. Mm-hmm. So what kind of made you all always, you know, give love to Chuck Brown and Quick and yeah. uh, um, um, Bruce Johnson and so forth and so on? Well, you know, what happens in in this business now, and I'm sure it happens in many others, is really reflective of who, who the ownership is. Yeah. It's really just reflective of who yeah, you are. For sure. Who you are as an ownership group or a management team, right? And so it's, a lot of it just comes from within us. It says who, who we are. And so, and what I mean by that is so mom and dad back in the day, when they saw the kids, you know, when it, back in those rough, in the rough times after the, uh, you know, the riots and the drug wars and all that, they saw the kids struggling. They saw the kids, you know, with, you know, one parent in the home or the kids, you know, not doing well in school or whatever, hungry. They'd feed them because they're hungry. That was just in them to do. Yeah. They, they, they'd say, hey, man, let me get, I'm going to give you $20 for every A you bring on that report card, trying to motivate them. They would just do certain things. It, was, it, just be, you know, they were, it was who they were as people, who mom and dad were as people. They were always welcoming. They were always encouraging. As a matter of fact, you know, speaking of your, uh, you know, the, the motivation station, I said it, it really resonates with me because so dad taught something back in the 70s called Success Motivation Institute. He mm-hmm. went down to Waco, Texas and taught Success Motivation Institute, which was the early days of motivational speaking and right. training and whatnot, right? So now if you have, you know, Les Brown or Tony Robbins, these were the, the older guys, you know, the Dale Carnegie's and Zig Ziglar's and Paul J. Myers of the world. And dad went down there and, and it really – it really changed his thinking, he said, when he studied this and came up with the, these motivational tapes. So he used to get in the car with us and play these tapes about goal setting and personal development and investing and all these things, right? And so, and so now, as I turn 60 years old this year, it's something I want to do is to give back to, to young people to, to start speaking and to start motivating people. So when you said, you know, the motivation station is right up yeah. our alley. Yeah, for sure. Um, I hear you mention your dad a lot. What's the biggest lesson you uh, learned from your dad? Mm. And I'm sure it's a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, let, let, me say, let me say this as a joke. Because, you know, if when you meet mom and you see mom is salt of the earth, nicest lady around, mom is like, you know, she's like a, our own version of Mother Teresa or something. Yeah. She's just an, an angel, right? She's so sweet from the country. I said, Dad was the exact opposite. <laughs> Straight fire, right? He would cuss you out in a minute, you know, raise hell, fire you twice a year. That's how Dad rolled. Yeah. I said, but he, you know, you know straight, but he would put on your neck. But, that, but he, would, he would motivate you, and he would, you know, get in your ear, and he would, you know, be, be putting these lessons in you. He'd be putting yeah. these lessons, he could make sure. An, an example would be, like, he would say, uh, you know, if, if a light bulb was out, he, he cussed you out so bad. If you didn't see that light bulb out, every room I walk in, I'm looking up. I'm looking up, looking up, where the light bulb The sure light bulb's good, out, you know? yeah. He taught you so many lessons, but, you know, you know it, was, it was lessons about, about how to live your life with good morals, you know, how to, how to have God in your life. It was lessons about work ethic. It was lessons about, you know, um, you know, competing, you know, it was lessons, it was le- racial lessons about, about prejudice, you know, and, uh, and, and, and him having to come up in that different era where you had to, you had to fight, you had to claw, you had to scratch, you had to yeah. compete. And he would try to instill those things in us. So, you know, just so many lessons that could go on and on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, for sure. That's good, man. Cause I, like I said, a lot of times on this, uh, on this podcast, we have different conversations and a lot of times it's talking about, um, I would say it's a little bit of both, but it's just typically the makeup is that, you know, you have people that come from these families. There is no dad. There is no family structure. Like I said, this started off with my friend who, you know, went to prison. And even when we were talking in the conversation, he was saying, like, you know, he said, me not having a dad, like, really made me kind of go this opposite way. He said, because I had to find out how to become a man in the streets, you know. Right. And by the grace of God, you know, he did his time. He's home doing well. He's actually coming out here tomorrow to help celebrate my birthday with me mm. um, for next week. So. Um, it's a good thing. But um, as you now, like, so you've been for 40 years running? 40 years. So 40 years running. Uh, what, what, what do you see next for Benz? Um, you know, I know you say you're 
renovating, you got the community involved. Um, you all think about expanding way outside of DC ever? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we so we right now it's our 65th anniversary. We're going to have a big celebration in August, August 22nd. Okay, I'm coming. Our 65th, <laughs> then we're going to then we're going to try to close down and do a big renovation. So just mm. to, your, to your point about the renovation, and this has been kind of a double-edged sword for us because you want to maintain the historic nature of the place, right? But you also want to renovate and keep it and keep it updated. But we have to to make sure the electric lines and the plumbing and those things after all these years, you know, need need attention. So we're going to do a full renovation and hopefully reopen back up for near mom's 90th birthday. Yeah. So that's the plan. Um, but we are we are going to we've gone to retail somewhat. So we're in Costco, and we're going to to hopefully we're going to Giant soon okay. with a rollout. So that that that's there, that segment of the business has still a lot of growth. We're looking at franchising. So we have one existing franchise, which is the uh, the one at Nationals. Nationals um, I'm sorry, the stadium. Stadium, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Well, we have two. We have, that's the licensing agreement, the stadium, and we also have DCA, which is the airport. Oh, okay. That's a full on franchise. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. So, so we, but we want to go back to that and, and franchise, and so to the extent we're able to, people are interested in having our product around the country. You know, we're definitely happy to do that. I mean, I just. We have so many people flying from all different cities, yeah. and they come in and say, "Man, how come I can't get this chili dog in North Carolina? How come I can't get this chili dog in, right. in, in Chicago?" And so we say, "Hey, you know what? It's it's really just you know this is a, a service business, right? And so when you think of service, you think of it a, a bunch of different ways. So you're here to provide great customer service, but you know the services you provide is is basically how you get paid. If you think about you know, if young people think about you know how do you get paid? Well, Michael Jordan gets paid more than everybody else because more people want to." watch his service, which is mm-hmm. playing basketball. Yeah. The more people want to watch him is the more money he makes. The more popular a fighter is, the more money to make. The more popular a song is or an artist is, the more money they make, mm-hmm. right? And so as your product gains popularity, the more people want Ben's Chili Dogs, the more money we make. It's, it, that's hand-in-hand, hand, but it's providing that service. Yeah. Provide, that's, and, but we're in a service industry, so you know, to me, the pleasure is, is, is how do you make it easier for your guests to get what you want? Even though we may have some criticisms about fast food, right? Yeah. I said, but there's a comfort whenever when you get off anywhere in the world and you see something that's familiar to you. Yeah. You get off in Tokyo, J- Japan, or somewhere, and you say, "Man, they go McDonald's. You see the M, right? I know what I can get. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what's in them other places. Sure. But I know what I can get there. Yeah. And there's a comfort and convenience to that. So, yeah. so every place has their niche. Yeah. And um, also just thinking with the business model, because I I'm, I'm here now talking to you. I met mom. Y'all don't look your age. So what is the health secret that you all have going it's on? It's the chili. I was going to say, is it something chili. the chili? I need to take some home with me when I get out of here. Because, yeah, y'all, y'all look really well for your age. But, like, what is – and I asked this because I just talked to someone last night who was on the show. But just the importance of health, if it's working out, if it's balancing, if it's getting sleep, if it's reading, mental health, whatever. What are some of your approaches to kind of sustain your health? Because I know this is a tiring business where you got to run. So what kind of keeps yeah. you up? You know, what's yeah. your balance? Sure. Well, you know, I think I think I think one thing that's just important to uh, to talk about with people is a purpose-driven life. If you know what your life purpose is, you know, it makes it makes it accomplishing it that much uh, more fun, easier, yeah. better. So, I would say one of the most important things for, for me, for me and mom, is is no stress. We don't take on no stress. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people are very stressful out here. It's a very you know a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress in the world. I said, but if you know what you if you're doing what you love. If you're enjoying people, yeah. if you're living and enjoying every day, it, 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 you know, we don't look at it as stress. We don't, right. look, we don't look at it as work. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we go to the bowl. We go, to, we go to hang. We go to see people. I'm having a great interview with you. I'm going to meet yeah. some friends out here. But yeah, we're we, we working at the same time. 
we don't look at it as we go going to punch the clock. We're going to work for the boss or the man. We go, you know, we're going to somewhere we don't like, we hate. No, mm-hmm. do something yeah. you love to do. So that's one important factor. But, I, you know, we do, we do, we say we stay active and work out and enjoy ourselves. We eat, eat, eat good, drink a lot of water. I mean, all the, all the good things. I got a brother who's a real health food nut. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he, he balances us out for every, for every, Chili half smoke a burger we have it. He, you know, he, he got you on, uh, on green drinks and, and, and diet stuff. So yeah, okay. So we, it's, it's a balance, you know, and, and just elevating your knowledge really about yeah. about about you know what's healthy. You know, um, I, I tell people all the time, you know, you got to know yourself and you got to manage yourself. That's, we're all in business. Yeah. The business we're in is is your name. You manage yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. How well do you manage your health? How well do you manage your mental health and physical health? How well do you manage your finances? Right? How, how well do you manage your time? How, well, how, how about your habits? Yeah. Are, you, are you forming good habits or bad habits? Yeah, right, for sure. There's all these are points of managing yourself. And, and, and once we take full accountability, the big thing to tell young people is, you know what? You're capable of doing anything in this world. God gave you a supercomputer. Yeah. Right in your head, he gave you a supercomputer. All you got to do is program it. And guess what? If you pick up your phone... Every piece of information is on your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah, easy these days everything. compared to back in the day. You don't have to have $100,000 for a college education. Yeah. You can start programming yourself in this yeah. phone, but you yeah. got to eliminate some of the negative programming that you're used to getting on the TV or the yeah. media or Instagram. talking to negative people or, you know, watching negative things. Guess what? Just start programming whatever it is you want to learn in that supercomputer. And life about to get a whole lot better. Yeah. And if you take full accountability and know that you, and you have to believe you can do it, so there's a spiritual side to that health. A spiritual side to that health is believing in yourself, believing in a, in a creator. I mean, we don't have to call no, no, no God's name. We've got to say, you know what, believe in something bigger than yourself. Yeah, You're here for a purpose. Yep. That's right. And, and, and if you have that faith mixed with, you know, that, 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 that programming, so it's a spiritual, keep your mind strong, keep your body strong, keep your spirit strong. Mm-hmm. Nothing can stop you. For sure. And I mean, you hit it on the head. That's what I always say in the episode, hustle plus faith equals success. And that comes from, you know, my upbringing, you know, in the church, but outside of like, you could pray and you could wish and you could this, but you got to put your foot, you <laughs> your feet on the ground too Absolutely. and keep it moving. Yeah. And there's always a way to realize there's always a way. There's an answer for every problem. So, so don't never give up, never, never, never quit, never look at it as, you know, it's, it's insurmountable. No, just keep on thinking, keep on believing, keep on praying on it, keep on focusing on it. Yeah. A- ask people, you know, stop, stop being quiet. You know, a lot of times in our community, we talk to, you know, we got to know everything or we got to, we, you know, we, we have to keep things to ourselves. We got to be strong. We can't show emotion. No, break, break some of them barriers. Start listening to some positive podcasts yeah. and some reading some positive materials and some books. Start saying some affirmations or some prayers. Put all of that together. It's going to be a great life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I ask every guest this before we get out of here. Is, um, something I always ask us, you know, define, well, tell, uh, guests, tell the audience something. What is your any means moment? And any means moment pretty much is a moment where you might have set a goal out. This goal might have been hard to reach. Um, you might have been going through a tough time. It might have been something with the business. It could have been getting Ben's next door open. But what's a moment you could think about that you're proud of where it's like, you know, I've really put everything into this. I stood on 10 toes. Whatever got thrown at me, and I got it done. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, for me, it's just the seven days a week nature of it. For me, it's seven days. So, yeah. so I, that's my, my pride is I, I come in here seven days a week. Yeah. You know, that's, it's a seven-day week business. I, you know, I don't, even think about, I don't even think about days off. I don't even, I say, it ain't I don't even think about days off. I just don't let my wife and them, they say, you know, what, 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 you crazy? What you doing? What you mean you going to get? I say seven, I said, look, my grandparents were farmers. I said, how, how many days in his lifetime did my grandfather get off? Right? He had to feed, had to feed the cows and milk them and, 
feed the animals and do certain things. He may have taken it easy on, on some of the chores on Sunday, the church day, but he, he had to do something every day. He didn't get any, there was no time off. There was no vacations and stuff. So, you know, I know that most people don't want to hear that, right? That's the that, thing now. It's funny. That, you know, you, 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 know you, you want to control your time, but, but and I'm used to it. So it'd be hard for a person working a nine to five to come and do what I do. Yeah. But everybody in their work has a different sacrifice. So what, what sacrifice are you willing to make for your passion? Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. What sacrifice are you willing to make? If you're a doctor, guess what? You're going to be on call. You have overnights. Yeah. You know, you're going to be going to, to med school and, 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 and take it on some debt. Right. But it, it does, if you, if you were, if you, a lot of people travel for their jobs, they're on the road away from their families. There's a lot of sacrifices. You know, even we, we may glorify an NBA or NFL career. Those people away from their families. Yeah. Right. On Christmas, everything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, there's what price are you willing to pay? Cause guess, guess what? There's a price for everything. I know you're willing to pay the price, but guess what? If it's your passion, it is worth willing. Yeah. You're going to love it. For sure, man. Yeah. You so listen to you talk. It got me thinking about, I always watch this interview uh, with Kobe. And he talked about all that and was saying, like, you know, he sacrificed everything. He said, like, he never wanted to leave and say, I could have did more. He's like, that's what he said, man. He said, you know, when the season was over, he said, players link up and go on vacation. He's like, I never did that. He's like, it just never made sense to me. He was like, I felt like it was more I could work on to keep getting better. Right. So right. that's, yeah, that's, I'm um, glad to hear. But um, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This is definitely great. Um, you know, you can tell people where to find Ben's at. If you've got a website, social media, your LinkedIn, whatever, you could drop that. Yeah, well, they, they know where to find Ben's. <laughs> right. They know where to find Ben's. Well, you know you know. <laughs> but, uh, but definitely Ben's everything and, um, and, and Ben's next door. You know, at Ben's next door, hey, you'll find us. Yeah, come, so good. Come ready. on U Street. Come uh, on U Street. Right, 65 years this August, man. I'm going to definitely you, make it to be here. And, you know, you talked about, you talked about the, um, the Mambo sauce, you know, and Ben's, but we, we, we ain't seen nothing about Go-Go. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so, there, so we did a go-go video. We did, I, did a song I wrote now. Me and my brother wrote the song, and we put it out there. Melo T, friend of ours, okay, artist, you know, is one who one who's on 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 the video. But it's real DC go-go and Benz. Okay, okay. You know, so check, I'm so seeing the, the slideshow up there. All <laughs> got, the things you got going. Okay, got mom in there. Got yeah. Bob in there. What's the real DC? Go Go and Benz don't mute DC. Go For sure. Benz. Yeah, say it again. DC <laughs> or nothing. I love to hear, man. So appreciate you, man. All right. And definitely look forward to having you back on the show in the future. All right, my pleasure. All right, my man. Thank you for tuning into Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.